Ladies and gentlemen, the following program is a pre-recorded show from earlier in the week. Please, no phone calls. The following program is paid programming. The views expressed on the following program are those of its hosts and participants, and nowhere reflect those of the ownership, staff, or advertisers of WNRI. Well, it's one for the money, two for the show, three to get ready now, go piece by um, Satchmo, uh, Louis Armstrong. What a wonderful world. <laughs> yeah, so things are very interesting out there in the world. And I had an interesting day. Didn't get things quite as organized as I should have because it started out unorganized. I was late for a doctor's appointment. Totally my fault. So I was there a lot longer than, than I wanted to be. And I got back to my place around 11, started putting the show together. And then there was some breaking news that came in. Because, oh, what was his name? The guy that's in, ch- in charge of, um, of Hezbollah. Forgot to write down his name. I don't know if he's an Ayatollah or not, but he uh, he leads Hezbollah, and he gave a speech. Some were wondering if he was going to declare war on on Israel and the United States, and he didn't. Came close, went up to the line, but didn't. There was a little piece on um, Al Jazeera, and they called it calculated ambiguity which is funny because I just read another thing that was talking about ambiguity in political terms and how a leader or a politician can say something like Barack Obama he can say something without really being definite about it and so everybody reads into it what they want to read into it and, um, you know, Hezbollah was threatening the United States and threatening Israel uh, that they, they would unleash their forces, unleash uh, their uh, jihadis. And, um, you know, he was claiming that uh, the United States was and Israel were behind the attack on October 7th. He was saying that Iran says Hezbollah says that the United States is responsible for what what happens there, which is um, kind of interesting because if they claim that the United States is 
responsible for what's going on in Gaza, the, uh, you know, 8,000 to 10,000 people that have, that have now been killed because Israel, you know, is is taking out revenge on on Gaza for the attacks of October 7th. So that means that, according to this guy from Hezbollah, if the United States is responsible for what happened, then they can get get attacked, just like Israel's getting attacked now, even though Israel's doing more attacking on Gaza than than uh, the Palestinians are, are doing on Israel at this time. But this is not just some far-off war that's going on. You know, Israel's always been fighting some portion of, of Arabs over there. <laughs> I read a little tiny bit about the Balfour, um, the Balfour letter or the... Let's see what this thing is. Balfour. The Balfour Declaration. That was written, oh, about 1917 or so. And it um, kind of said, okay, we'll, we'll back a Jewish state down there in the Palestine area. This was uh, London speaking. This was the queen, uh, I guess it was the king of England at that time, was saying... You know, His Majesty will will allow. Let me see. Is that the one I was just reading? Let's get what the, His Majesty had said. His Majesty's government views would favor the establishment in Palestine. This is 1917. I'm reminded of a national home for the Jewish people and will use their best endeavors to facilitate the achievement of this object. It being clearly understood that nothing shall be done which may prejudice the civil and religious rights of existing non-Jewish communities in Palestine or the rights and political status enjoyed by Jews in any other country. Oh, here we go. This wording is intentionally ambiguous. Ambiguous is the way you should say. And <laughs> funny how politicians are just ambiguous. Ambiguous. Uh, <laughs> While it expressed support for a Jewish national home, it did not define the parameters of this home or the means by which it would be established. Well, from the establishment of Israel in, uh, actually it took place through like the 30s and the 40s and definitely in 1948. There's been nothing but uh, hellish wars. And first it was Great Britain that was taking a lot of, of the heat over that. And they finally just washed their hands, gave it over to the United Nations and said, you guys deal with it. But um, this thing about Hezbollah declaring that that uh, the United States is responsible for uh, the, the bombings there in Gaza now, that means that there could be open season of bombings here in the United States. 
And because Joe Biden for three years has not closed the southern border, and I, I, I think I heard today that there have been 175 um, Hezbollah operatives that have been captured at, uh, at the border. That means it's probably seven, uh, 17, 10 times as many that snuck through. So there could be Hezbollah operatives all throughout this country just waiting to strap on a, uh, you know, one of those um, dynamite vests, one of those suicide vests. And, uh, you know, he could go to some place in New York or Boston or L.A. or Houston, you know, and uh, blow himself up. And winter's coming on now, so, you know, everyone's going to be wearing, you know, bigger clothing. You know, a lot of people are going to be wearing those parkas, which are big and fluffy anyhow, that can cover over a... You know, a, a suicide vest. You wouldn't know, you know, if they've got it on or not. Easy to hide it. Thank you, Joe. Joe Biden, you did a wonderful job. And we shouldn't let off any Democrat who was supporting uh, Joe Biden's open borders or any Republican that that uh, allows open borders. Because we don't know where the suicide bombers are now. They were allowed to come in. Oh, they're just nice guys. Yeah, they don't speak a lick of English. And uh, they've got a bunch of dynamite in their knapsacks. But that's okay. Everyone carries around, you know, 20 sticks of dynamite with them wherever they go. You know, you just never know when you're going to have to open a door or something. Yeah. Thank you, Democrats. Thank you, Joe Biden. Thank you, Mitch McConnell. Let's see. Now, there's a possibility that this could be a three-front war. Could be, you know, remember the the Ukraine? Remember that thing? Slava Ukraine? I stand with uh, Ukraine? I never did. I, I never supported that war in one way at all and I'm not supporting any of these wars I say defund Israel defund Hamas because uh, there's a bill that that's supposed to be going through Congress that's going to give like 16 billion to uh, Ukraine uh, 60 billion to Israel 7 billion to uh, to Hamas and a couple extra billion to throw around to, to please whomever. Supposedly, there's going to be, you know, some money to build a wall on the southern border. After the uh, horse already left the barn. Oh, now we're going to. Uh, well, I mean, better late than never, but the damage has been done. And I say a three-front war because it would be the Ukraine war, the Middle East war. And I am so surprised China hasn't already made a move on Taiwan. And 
You know, maybe they think they've already helped the Democrats win the um, 2024 election, just like uh, the Chinese helped the Democrats win the uh, 2020 election. But with two wars going on already, and America tied up <laughs> in those, I don't imagine that China's just going to sit on the sidelines and not, not take their chance now. And the United States has a big vulnerability. Not uh, because we've got two aircraft carrier groups uh, patrolling the Mediterranean, one patrolling the Mediterranean, one just off the Persian Gulf, uh, which could get attacked by by Iran, could be attacked by Russia, could be attacked from Syria, from Lebanon. Um, our big vulnerability is monetary. We are broke right now, people. <laughs> We're like $32 trillion in the hole. And who's the biggest holder of our debt? No, it's not England. It's not France. No, no, not Germany. Not Japan. No, not our friends. But are potential enemies. They're rivals right now, but China holds the most uh, U.S. debt. And they could just dump our debt, dump our uh, U.S. Treasury bonds on the world market. And if nobody wants to buy them, no other country wants to buy them, then the U.S. Treasury has to buy them. And guess what? The Treasury has no money left in it. They're broke. So they'd have to print more money, which causes inflation. Makes a dollar worthless. So they, they could engage in economic warfare to bring us down, to destroy us economically. Hmm... Want to avoid this? Tell your congressmen, tell your senators, tell tell Sheldon Whitehouse, Jack Reed, no money to anybody. We don't fund um, Israel. We don't fund Ukraine. We don't fund Taiwan. Because we are broke, people. And... That is a vulnerability of us that, yes, can cause us to lose a war, cause, cause us to, to lose people, and cause people in this country to go broke like in 1930. Except there was a big difference in, between 1930 and now. 1930, 90% of the people were still on farms. And 10% of people were urban. Today, that's flipped. 90% of people are urban and suburban. And 10% of the people are on farms. So, if the economy crashes, 
Unless you've got a lot of stored food, you know, <laughs> unless you've got a, a big old stream running through your backyard, you're going to be in a world of hurt. Sorry. Let's see. Iran will say U.S. is responsible and then unleash suicide bombers in the U.S. Covered that. Mm. See. Oh, the globalists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's the bankers who have been concocting uh, a lot of things, paying for this, allowing. The, the globalists are the Fed, you know, the Federal Reserve, the uh, Bank of England, the Bank of Germany, Bank of Japan. They're the ones that fund all these wars, even going back to 1917. Uh, I mentioned the Balfour uh, Agreement. And one of the main reasons that it was drawn up, it, it, it was written by Lord, Lord Balfour and sent to um, uh, Rubenstein. Uh, what's his name? Um, the big banker, Rothschild. Sent to Lord Rothschild, the big banker for for England. He was funding World War One on both sides, mind you. You know, you, you hedge your bets. You both on both sides, and that way you don't lose. But what this, what Lord Balfour wanted to do was he wanted to make sure that. He could convince the United States to come into the war in 1917, and he wanted to make sure that Russia did not leave the war. And so he was using uh, Lord Rothschild's uh, power because he controlled the, controlled so much money. He could control the media. Even then, the media had been bought up by big conglomerates. And they could put propaganda out to pressure people, you know, to help sway uh, the way the vote would go, like here in the United States. Uh, 1916, Riddle Wilson uh, ran for uh, his second term, and he ran on, uh, on his promise kept that he wouldn't send us into, you know, a war. And, of course, the year after, he had been bragging about how he kept us out of war, kept us out of war, kept us out of war. He got us into war. And war is big bucks. Big bucks to be made uh, with uh, the armaments, <laughs> clothing. You know, soldiers go through a lot of clothing. Uh, food, they go through a lot of food. You know, I mean... Everything. Cars. <laughs> you need rubber for tires. Uh, it's a great way to make money is through wars. And I'm not a pacifist, but I'm not into these continuous wars. And I, I'm a gun owner. I am a big Second Amendment guy. But... To, to sell rifles to, say, England so that they can stay in the war so that more people die in a useless, uh, you know, 
cannon fodder experiment and then keep on, uh, you know, pushing for war, pushing for more war, pushing for the United States to get into the war. Okay, now, now we come in. Now they need more guns. They need more ammo. They need more clothing. They need more food. They need more trucks and tanks. Tanks were just being developed at that time. So, yeah. And... The globalists, the bankers, will be able to cover over the crimes, the financial crimes that they've done, driving the U.S. dollar into worthlessness. $32 trillion in debt. And Congress is, is at fault, too. And the, the past eight presidents, they have all signed off on huge budgets that can't be paid for. But we've just, you know, you've heard the term, kick the can down the road, kick it down the road, kick it down the road, kick it down the road. And, of course, everyone says, well, one of these days it's going to, you know, come to an end. One of these days you can't kick it any further. We might see that day, folks. I got a note here from stuff I was listening to today. Let's see. Financial collapse could happen any time. Uh, set up. We're walking into a trap. And, yeah, I was at January 6th. I know what it's like to walk into a trap. You are just going along. You're doing what you think is the right thing to do. And you're following the rest of the crowd. You're just going along. There's a few people that are saying, hey, you know, don't climb here, don't climb there. You don't want to be there. But, you know, we poo-pooed them. We went ahead, you know, went to places that we shouldn't have gone to. And it was a Fed direction. The Fed started to provoke a, a fight with us. And, of course, we weren't going to back down, and we didn't. So, January 6th turned out to be what it was. 6.27 already. But we're walking into a financial trap right now, the whole country. And, you know, I don't see too many people ringing the phones off the hook here. I'll give out the numbers when I come back in the next half hour. But like I said, we're walking into a financial trap. Um, and even if we win a war against Russia, against Hamas, Hezbollah, Iran, and a war against China, we could still lose if we lose the financial war. Best thing to do would be to back out right now. Back off. Lay your arms down, quit shooting at each other, and go to the negotiating table. But uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I am very pessimistic about this. I pray that clear heads will prevail, but uh, Joe Biden doesn't have a clear head. He's got a dementia head. So who's behind the, you know, who's pulling his strings? Who's behind the, the curtains? 
Is it Obama? Tony Blinken? Valerie Jared? Um, we're heading to a big, big fall. And it's not going to be pretty when we get to the other side. So anyhow, that was my light and airy stuff. <laughs> Boy, if that's light and airy, then I wonder what the other side's going to be. I don't know. We shall see. Hang on, and I'll find something. But for right now, let's just take a break. Let's see, what do we have here? No, that's not good. Yep, that one. The United States of Empire by James Dunn shows how the U.S. became a worldwide empire. It looks at the entry of the U.S. into both world wars. George Washington had warned us about entangling ourselves in European wars. Before World War I, the United States was not concerned with foreign conflicts. In World War I, we changed the balance of power in Europe. We went in to save the world for democracy. We expelled the German Kaiser and imposed our own idea of what Germany should look like. Propaganda painted the Kaiser as the evil Hun that was destroying civilization. So when the true barbarian rose to power, Hitler, how could we avoid being drawn in again? We saved Great Britain. Britain needed us again in World War II to save their bacon. We bought the hog. Now we are the empire. The book, The United States of Empire, in paperback, is available at Amazon.com. Here's author James Dunn to talk about his soon-to-be-printed next book. The King Philip's War in New England in 1675 defined the relations, for good or bad, between English settlers and Native Americans for centuries to come. Many of the battles are local to the Blackstone Providence area with long-forgotten memorials and grave sites. Smithfield was the Battle of Nipsichuk. The Battle of Sudbury in Sudbury, Mass. was a turning point. Mount Hope in Bristol, Rhode Island was the home of King Philip and the Wampanoag tribe. The Connecticut River Valley was a scene of many bloody encounters between the English and the Nipmuc tribe. South Kingston, Rhode Island, saw the Great Swamp Battle slash Massacre. One Englishman stands out in this brutal conflict. He dared to learn to fight like the Indians did and won the war for the English. He was Captain Benjamin Church in the book, Captain Benjamin Church and the King Philip's War.
Okay, well, welcome back to Dunsdale. And <laughs> what a day, what a day. Oh, by the way, that was Humble Pie and 30 Days in the Hole. That, that goes out to, as I've said in the past, oh, we've got a caller. Hang on, caller. Goes out to Owen Schroyer, a journalist who was thrown in jail for 60 days um, for exercising the First Amendment, for exercising his freedom to speak. And this government doesn't like it when you speak out, especially if you're on a platform that that uh, gets some notoriety. And I guess I've got to get a little more notoriety before I get thrown into jail. But maybe that'll that'll increase my my book sales. You know, maybe that's what I need. I need to get incarcerated so that my book, The United States of Empire, or my other book. Uh, Captain Benjamin Church in the King Philip's War. I've got a third one coming up, and if I get some jail time, way well, hey, I'll have plenty of time to to work away on. I'll bring my computer in there, and I'll just be tapping away. I'll have all sorts of time on my hands. So, anyhow, this government doesn't like it when you talk bad about them. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Uh, but... Let me get to the phone here because I've got a caller calling in. So let's see what's on their mind. Okay, caller, what you thinking? You led perfectly into my comments. Uh, basically, just it seems like everyone's so numbed out about everything. No one cares. Just everything you just said. It's just, no one cares. Like, talk to people at work. Ah, well, whatever. Something's just going to change tomorrow. Whatever. If no one cares. Oh, China owns all our debt. Oh well, they can have it. It's like, what? Do you, what's wrong with people? Everyone's just so numbed out right now. No one, no one cares about it. I know. There's a lot of people that are asleep. You know. I mean. I mean, I watched like watch football games this weekend. Well, well I got, you're not popular right now. Well, like I said, you got to go to jail. You got to be uh, like, like look at the guy, uh, Sam Bankman Free. He sold ten billion dollars, and uh, he's making the news now. So yeah. you got to up your game. You got to steal at least twenty billion dollars, and you can make it. <laughs> I'll steal twenty billion, and then I'll loan out two hundred billion. I'll, I'll have everyone right. love me until the Ponzi scheme falls apart, and I get thrown in jail, and then everybody will know who I am. That's right. We can go. Yep. Oh, oh it, by it, the way, it, you want to loan? Yeah, I'll take it. Take okay. It. I'll send a billion your way. Or the seat. The seat you follow. Hello? The Apollo seat? Yep. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. No, no. I, I, the phone did something weird. Yeah, but, but yeah, it's, it's no, crazy. That's my comment. Just It seems like everybody's so numb to what's going on. No one seems to care. And then they're going to say, what happened? What happened? (laughs) Everything was going so good. And then people get to the streets and then they'll, they'll, you know, I mean, maybe then people will will, will raise Some of the radical, it's like, uh, it would be nice to just see kind of like, this is a bill, 
on a bill of rights, but a bill of normalcy. This is what everybody should do. I don't know. It's stuff's so crazy right now. Yeah, it, it's so weird to say we should balance our budget. You know, but yeah. everyone's getting a piece of the pie, and everyone's going to get hurt if you actually balance the budget because it's going to affect everybody. So nobody wants to make a cut. Yeah. So it's crazy. We <laughs> I just wonder when throw it's going to our money away. Throw the money away. Yep. Okay. Thank you for that call. Thank you. Yep. Bye. I was tempted to say, why don't people get out on the streets and protest? But I know why I don't do it right now. Because you could get arrested just for being in the wrong place at the wrong time. And the feds will set you up. They're going to do their best to put you in a compromising position. And then they take photographs, of course. And then you're going to get thrown into in jail. Oh, brother, there is some guy. Didn't, there's been so many of them, I didn't even read his story. He got six years in jail. He had worked for Trump, and he was at January 6th. And uh, he got thrown in jail. And I was on the first balcony. I didn't go to the second. I was going to go to the second. And, uh, you know, because that's where the action was. Though I was having my fun down on the first. And I prayed about it and said, God, should I go up? Should I see what's going on up top? And God said, no, don't go. Time to go home. Anyhow. <laughs> I should be honest about it. I heard Trump speaking on uh, on some kind of broadcast saying, go home. It is... Uh, it is time, you know, we've tried our best, we've done what we could, it's time to go. And no, I'm not comparing Trump to God, no. But there are times when even a Nebuchadnezzar or a Cyrus speaks the right thing. If you know your Bible, you know what I'm talking about. So, oh, central banks on the course for a colossal year of gold buying. Okay. Now I'm not negative. This is a positive thing you can do. You can buy some gold. And if gold is too expensive, because right now it's about $2,000 an ounce, you could go and buy some silver. That's about $23, maybe $24 an ounce right now. Uh, if you're rich, you can buy some palladium. Get on and uh, get a big... 10-pound palladium bar, stock that away. You know, I don't even know what they use that for. But it's expensive. Out of my league, that's for sure. Uh, this is Peter Schiff talking. Peter Schiff. Not to be confused with Adam Schiff. After setting a record through the first... Half of the year, central banks continue to gobble up gold in the third quarter. Those would be the same banks that have been selling us out. So they're using the printed money, fake money, to buy the real stuff. 
Globally, central banks have added a net 337 tons of gold. Gold finger. That's in, in quarter three. Second highest third quarter total on record behind 2022. Hmm. So 2023 was the biggest year for buying uh, gold and the last biggest year was the year before that uh is there a hint there if central banks are buying gold do you think you should hmm oh, let, let me get back here people's the People's Bank of China has accumulated 1,448 tons of gold between 2002 and 2019. So that means they have more than 1,400 tons of gold. Boy, oh boy, wouldn't you like to have a stack of gold sitting around somewhere that big? And then this is towards the end of the thing. Don't want to bore you with the whole article. Although maybe you do want to read it. This is um, from Peter Schiff. And let's see, he's in. Uh, you can go on YouTube, type in Peter Schiff and Schiff, S-C-H-I-F-F. And you can follow what he's got to say there. But let's see. Uh, I believe this is over the last year. Eight more central banks have made purchases of at least a ton during the quarter. So last three months. Going to be the, the quarter ending in October. Or ending in September. Then you have October, November, December. Yep. Anyhow, India bought nine tons. Uzbekistan, seven tons. The Czech Republic, six tons. Singapore, Four tons, Qatar, three tons, Russia, three tons, Philippines, two tons, and the Kyrgyz Republic, that's K-Y-R-G-Y-Z, Kyrgyz, one ton. Well, there you go. Oh, I didn't give out the phone numbers, did I? They would be 766-1380. 769-0600 and 1-800-949-9674. Let's see. What else do we have here? Any fun stuff? Oh, this isn't too fun. But um, this might be a clue to what happened to uh, Matthew Perry. Let's see. COVID vaccine, possible cause of death for Matthew Perry. Ooh, dare I say that? This guy who wrote it, L. Todd Wood. I have no idea how many COVID vaccine shots Matthew Perry received. However, it seems likely he was vaccinated multiple times based on the above image of a T-shirt he was helping to advertise. The T-shirt said on it, could I be more vaccinated? And then a picture of thumbs up. Many will immediately force their head into the sand on this issue and deny any causation for Perry's death attached to the facts. However, more intelligent humans will think otherwise and take note. The evidence is overwhelming. The vaccine was nefariously administered without informed consent. 
the White House hid information about heart damage and continued pushing the bioweapon. That's what it is, people. Bioweapon. With which Anthony Fauci helped to to fund. Help pay the bat lady. And the guys at 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 Echo Health. Um forget the guy's name, Peter or something or other. It'll come to me. But they using gain of function research information created COVID-19 in a laboratory and then unleashed it on the whole world? Hmm. Let's see. I don't even want to cover that one. Hezbollah. Covered Hezbollah already. Here's an interesting piece. Connecticut judge throws out election results and orders new primary after shocking, shocking evidence of Democratic ballot fraud. No, say it ain't so. That never happens. See, in Bridgeport, Connecticut, State Judge William Clark has thrown out the results of the September Democratic primary election and ordered a new primary to be scheduled and conducted. The issue was ballot harvesting and ballot fraud, both violations of state law. How dare they? We've never had that. All the elections we have in this country are clean. The 2020 election was the best, the finest. We must hold that up as exemplary to the whole world and shoot anyone who disagrees. <laughs> mm, don't tell Joe Biden about that. He, he'll like the idea about shooting people that uh, say the election was stolen. Let's see. Judge reviewed CCTV footage showing Wanda Getty uh, Pataki, vice chair of the Bridgeport Democratic Town Committee and operations specialist for the city. Which I bet you she was a specialist at operating. And Edna Martinez, a former city council member working to support the party approved candidate. Okay. Both Ms. Getter Pataki and Ms. Ms. Martinez participated in absentee ballot fraud. No. Fraudulent absentee ballots. The next thing you know, they'll be signing up dead people to go and vote. Oh, good Lord. How could this happen here in the United States? Let's see. Oh, there's more. And they were also ballot harvesting. Oh, come on, that sounds so nice. I'm going to go out to the fields and I'm going to harvest. I've got a bumper crop load of, of ballots this year. Look at that. Last year I only had 1,000 extra ballots. Now it looks like I have 10,000. <laughs> and ballot stuffing. Now that's a time-honored uh, specialty in American politics. Stuffing the ballot box. Yes, go for it. Let's give them a hand. That's the way to throw an election. Both women invoked the Fifth Amendment when confronted as witnesses by the judge. (laughs) And there was another 
another example of of Democratic primary election, uh, you know, cheating. Bridgeport, a judge ruled on Wednesday to overturn the city's Democratic primary election, initially won by incumbent Mayor Joe Ganim, following claims of absentee ballot fraud by his opponent, John Gomes. Hmm. That's weird. Okay, well. <laughs> the, the winner <laughs> claimed that the, uh, his opponent was uh, fraudulent. Anyhow, let's see. After two weeks of evidentiary hearings for Gomes' absentee ballot fraud lawsuit, Judge William Clark ordered a new Democratic primary based on 180 pieces of evidence presented by Gomes' legal counsel. And one by Gannon. Okay, so Gomes is saying that Gannon cheated. Let's see. Judge William Clark ordered a new Democratic primary based on that evidence. Let's see. Mr. Gannon was also correct to be shocked at what he saw on the video clips in evidence that was shown to him while he was on the witness stand. The videos are shocking to the court and should be shocking to all the parties. Yeah, I know. I mean, that never happens. Ruby Tuesday, or whatever her name is, Ruby something, down there in Georgia was not stuffing the ballot when she <laughs> took those boxes of, of ballots out from underneath the, uh, the table and brought them over and started counting them after all the Republicans and after all the, the newspaper reporters were kicked out and it was just a bunch of Democratic operatives, about three or four, in the room continuing to count the ballots. How many ballots did they did they uh, fraudulently put into the, the computers? I don't know, but the the mere fact that they pulled those boxes out and started to count after everyone had been told to leave should throw the election out. The state of Georgia should have should have redone the elections, and that was twenty twenty people. Yes, President um, President Clinton, <laughs> President Trump was correct when he said that there was fraud down in Georgia. The devil went down to Georgia looking for a vote to steal. <laughs> Which reminds me, I've got I've got a piece here by the president talking about elections. Let's uh, see what he's got to say on this subject. Oh, hold on, hold on. Looks like I've got a caller. Let's go to the caller first. Good caller. What's on your mind? What's up, James? How are you? I'm doing good. So, what hey, is... Hey, man, Fauci, what... in, in Fauci's place is a guy named Hugh Auchincloss, which is the father of a, a newly elected... Representative uh, Jake Auchincloss. He's from Massachusetts or Rhode Island, isn't he? He's from Mass. Yeah, yeah. Mass. Yes, okay. I know I heard that name before. You, you don't forget a name like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Hey, Jim, have you ever seen on, it's on YouTube, it's a video of, of uh, Benjamin Netanyahu talking to a rabbi by the name of uh, Schneerson. No. And it was when Netanyahu was still in the, in the Knesset. Yep. And they're talking in a Hebrew, and the rabbi's asking Netanyahu, I'm a little frustrated that Mosayak has not arrived yet. You need to do things to hasten his coming. And Netanyahu's like, yes, yes, yes. Is that now, the, the, the is, is the Jewish Messiah that's supposed to come after some wars. Yeah. And it just makes you wonder, man, what kind of world we're headed into. Well, we're heading into a world with a lot of warfare. And um, it's not only going to be over there, because Hezbollah, Hamas, and anyone else that wants to wreak havoc here in the United States, um, they're here. Joe Biden brought him in. He said, come well, it's on our Congress down. Too. It, it's our Congress, too, because they yes. have the right, they have the power in the uh, Constitution to deal with naturalization and invasion. But it's very easy for these dirtbags to put all the blame on Biden. Because most people don't know how the Constitution runs, our own, our own, how our own government works. So it's very easy to blame Biden to, to get the blame off of their shoulders. Yeah, as, as soon as we had a Republican uh, House, you know, they should have yeah, done impeachment they in two weeks. They, they had the they could close. They should have closed down the government and said, we need to shut down these borders. This is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. But they never did that. Well, I blame the governors, too. You know, um, uh, what's his name in Texas? Uh, Aaron Burr. Um, the guy in a wheelchair. What's his name? The douchebag. From what? From what Texas. State? Texas. The border is Abbott. Abbott, thank you. Governor Abbott should, uh, you know, he has sent the National Guard, the Texas National Guard down there. But, you know, and put up the, uh, you know, the razor wire. But then the, uh, you know, the, the, the feds came in and cut it all up. Well, the Texas Guard should have arrested those guys. Put them in cuffs, put them in uh, in jail, and uh, dared Biden to do something about it. But Agreed. he doesn't. He doesn't have what it takes to do something like that because he's a weFer You know, he he is in love with uh, Klaus Schwab, and he'll he makes an appearance of making a stand, but uh, doesn't make the stand. Our whole government, man, we're headed toward living in oh, the U.S. Two minutes, two minutes and uh, I've got to close this thing out. That's what our country's headed toward, James, the U.S.R.A. U.S.R.A.? What's that? The U.S. Instead of the U.S., it's a mixture of the U.S.S.R. and the U.S.A. Oh, okay. The U.S.R.A. Okay. Yep, yep, I got it. Yeah. All right, James, man. Later. Yep, Peace. We're going to go down the tank just like uh, the U.S.S.R. did. It's unfortunate, but it, it's looking more and more like that because the public is just the walking dead. They are. They are. And they're, they're going to be crying. Yep. Okay. Peace. Thanks for the call. Peace. Yeah, people are going to be crying on that day that it happens. So if you're smart, you'll buy some gold. If you can't afford gold, silver. And junk silver is a good thing to get. Half dollars, quarters, dimes, uh, as long as it's got silver in it. And before 
1964, because after 1964, they uh, they stopped making uh, dimes, quarters, half dollars, dollars out of out of silver. Uh, so that's one way of of um, taking care of it. You can buy alcohol, <laughs> just don't drink it. Ooh. You might <laughs> you might walk into a wall or something. Um, classic cars, you can go that way. That would be good. Something that is usable. Something that is probably uh, not um, computer driven. Something that is not electronic because we won't be able to depend on the uh, electronic services. They could they could go down. Uh, gasoline powered is good. Diesel is even better because diesel lasts longer than gasoline does. Um, there's, there's a lot of good things you can do. You know, you can go buy yourself a farm. Learn how to uh, raise cattle or goats or chickens or something. So, it looks like I'm at the end of the show. Hope this has been useful and Take this, brother. May it serve you well. <laughs> and, yeah, I guess it's about time. Got to cut off. God bless. Have a great weekend. Bye now. Listening to Dunn's Deal with author James Dunn. Join James every Friday at 6.05 for a unique perspective on today's issues. But for now, this is a Dunn Deal. Only on your voice in the Blackstone Valley. WNRI, Woonsocket.